Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church. Over the past weeks, we have continued to talk about an issue that uh, is really important to us and one that we talk about quite a bit, and that is that we are to be renewed by the transforming of our mind or transformed by the renewing of our mind that we're supposed to think different than we used to. We're supposed to act different than we used to. And and probably a lot of the stuff that we talk about on this show goes back to that very issue. And we're going to continue that today with a, a little bit different take and a little bit different scripture. I know we've talked about this before, but it's been a couple of months, so it doesn't hurt for people to hear it again. He says, finally, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, and if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Whatever is good, some virgins say, whatever is pure, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. And I think a lot of people forget, in a day and age where we read books and see books about positive thinking, that in some ways you might be able to say that God is the original positive thinker. Amen. <laughs> because we read those books and we hear those books, but we forget who was it that actually said that first. He says, whatever's good, whatever's pure, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever is excellent or praiseworthy, think on those things. And so as we are being transformed by the renewing of our mind, one of those things is that we begin to think like this. We begin to think about the things that are good, the things that are true, the things that are pure, the things that are noble, the things that are excellent or praiseworthy, that our thinking begins to take those on. I don't know why it is we as people tend to want to focus on the negative. We tend to want to think on the negative. Especially when non-believers, a lot of think negative. But even as believers, it's easy for us to start to think about the negative. What happened today that was bad? And we tend to dwell on that. What happened today that didn't go exactly the way we wanted it to? And we tend to dwell on those things. God says, whatever's good, think about that. Whatever's true, whatever's pure, whatever's noble, think about those things. Because there are always good things that happen every day. And think about those. 
when it comes to our relationships with other people. Whatever's good about that person, think about that. Whatever's pure in that person, think about that. Whatever's true, whatever's excellent about them or praiseworthy about them, think about that. And I've had people say to me, well, you know, boy, you'd have to dig deep to find something good about them. Well, maybe you do. Maybe you have to dig deep. Maybe it's something you have to search for, but something's there. There's something good about that person. And think about that. Husband and wives, those things that you used to see in him or her, and now it's those annoying little things that you see, and those are what you focus on. You no longer focus on all the good points about him. You focus on the fact that you've got to tell him to take the garbage out. He never remembers, or you've you got to tell him to do this, or you got to tell him to do that, or she's does something that you don't like, and that's what you focus on. And we, we forget all the good things, all the positive things that brought us together, all the things that we always thought about that person. And so all of these things, whether it's our day, it's in our work, it's in our family, it's in our relationships, in all of those things, whatever's good, whatever's pure, whatever's true, whatever's noble, he says, think on those things. It, it, same thing happens in your neighbor's. Your neighbors have good points. Your neighbors might have a couple of bad ones too. Don't think about the bad ones. Don't give that a foothold that that's all you want to think about. Think about what's good about them. I was just thinking uh, as you were speaking about how we, ha we have a tendency to, to, to focus on the negative. And as you were speaking, the Holy Spirit was just reminding me, you know, that I like to get to the root of issues. And the root is... All of that came from the fall. Oh, yeah. Adam wasn't originally designed to think on negative things. So, so part of the, the transformation, we know Jesus came to restore us back to our rightful place and redeem and restore us back to the Father. So with that, it's going to include some transformation. <laughs> so, yes, we get a new spirit when we're born again. We get a brand new spirit. We're new creations in Christ Jesus. But what we didn't get or don't get is a new mind. Completely so right. transformed. So that's why he tells you to be transformed by the new in your mind. And and God knows as a man thinketh, so is he. So he tells you, okay, you got a new spirit. I want to give you a new mind. So now think on these things. Whatsoever things are good, praiseworthy, honest, lovely, of a good report. Because he knows that's, that, that new man is going to have to feed on new things, good things, and that's what's going to be needed to transform his mind is to meditate and think on these things. And another word for think on, biblically, is meditate on, concentrate on, muse on. And again, I was just thinking about also, too, uh, the broke clock. You know, a broke clock is right at least twice a day. So there's something good you can think on. You can focus on the negative part. Yeah, the clock's broke, but whatever time is stuck on, it's going to be that time within a 24-hour period. So there's something good about something about the day. Remember, this is the day that the Lord has made. Yes, all these things are going on in the world as we speak. Israel is fighting with Palestine, uh, the Malaysia airline. There's always, there's, there's, there's always something within our day that's negative always. that we can focus on. But he says, think on this. 
And, and I'm going to reference a scripture over here. And, and God knew this because he has all wisdom. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, he starts off with some good news about us. Because that's the good news. We've been redeemed, reconciled, and restored. Jesus came to restore everything that was lost. So he says this, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Yeah, we have a treasure in our earthen vessel. You know what it is? That's the Holy Spirit, the greater one who lives in us. It says that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Again, that's greater is he that's in us than he's in the world. Then he goes to tell you something that's going to happen in the natural or the broke clock part. Here's the broke clock part. Verse 8. We are hard pressed on every side. (laughs) Yet, but he gives you some good news. He said, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. So he says, yes, these things are happening, but now that you've been redeemed, reconciled, and restored, and you're in the family of God now, this is what you have. These things are, are true, are facts, but here's what the truth is. So he goes to tell us, uh, I'm going to drop down to verse 13. And since we have the same spirit of faith, now he's talking about that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Now it lives in us. That's that resurrection power. That's that destroy this temple in three days and it'll rise up. And God's telling us we have the ability and the faith to rise above negative circumstances, adversity, because the greater one that lives in us. And I'm going to keep reading and he's going to say this. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. We speak what? What the scriptures you referenced in Philippians. Yeah, we speak that. Look, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus. Jesus didn't stay in the tomb. So that same resurrection power, and it says in Romans, uh, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. And he who dwells in us will give life to our mortal bodies through his spirit that lives in us. But back to the scripture, verse 14, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. And then I'm going to draw down to verse 16. He says, with all that said, therefore, we do not lose heart. I mean, we don't just focus on the negative. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction is but for a moment is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, see, that's the circumstances. That's the adversity. He said, don't don't look at that. Don't focus on that. Don't meditate on that. He says, but at the things which are not seen. Uh Uh-oh, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. He said, that's what you look at. You look at the word and the will of God. You focus on these things over in Philippians. That's what he's referring to. But the things which are seen, the adversity is temporary. The affliction, he said, oh, that's temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. So God says, I want you guys to focus on what's eternal. Uh Uh-oh, I'm reminded that Jesus said the words I speak are eternal. And the things of heaven are eternal. It's going to last forever. So he said, you focus on what's truth. His word is the truth. That's what we got to focus on. Again, we can give our mind anything to focus on we can focus on his word or we can focus on all the negative stuff that's going on in the world it's up to us and god says 
since I made you and you got a new recreated spirit, I want to deposit this in there. And I want you to start focusing on this. Don't focus on how bad it is. Focus on the good news. Let's focus on a, not the problem, but a solution. Well, it, you know, as you were talking, I was reminded of David and Goliath. Mm -hmm. I, <laughs> all of the other troops in the Israelite army, all they could focus on was Goliath. And man, he was big, and he was tougher than any of them, and he was stronger than any of them, and there's nothing that any of them could do with him at all. When David shows up, he doesn't focus on Goliath. He focuses on God. Uh, right. And he says, <laughs> God's able to take care of this guy. Who's this uncircumcised Philistine that he can do this, say these things to the armies of the living God? So his focus wasn't on Goliath. His focus was on God, and he knew, as he told Saul, that the God who saved him from the bear and the lion could save him from this Philistine. And so you say to yourself, well, I'm never going to have to face a giant, so that's a good story, but it doesn't have anything to do with me. You know what? We face giants all the time. They may not be nine foot tall carrying a big spear and a big shield, but we face giants all the time. We face job loss. Don't focus on the fact that you just lost your job. Focus on the fact that God can supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Focus on the promotion you're about to get with the new job. There you go. <laughs> Don't focus on the illness. Don't focus on whatever is happening in your life that you think is bad. Because as you give just thought to it and you give just focus to it, it will get bigger and bigger and bigger in your mind. And our mind is to be transformed we're to now focus on God. And as you focus on God, all these problems that seem so big, as you focus on him, they shrink. They don't stay as well, big as they were. That's why he says in Isaiah, I believe it's 26, he said he will keep those in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him, wh whose mind is, is trusted in him. And God the other day led me to a scripture that goes with that. He says, that's why I want you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because I'm going to keep those in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on me. So keep your mind on my word, which also is going to keep you in perfect peace, but it's also going to transform you. And it's also going to allow your faith to grow, your confidence in God. So if you're focusing on what God said and the things of the kingdom of God constantly, as opposed to uh, the things that he tell you don't be focused on, he says don't be conformed to the world. That means don't trust and believe everything you hear that the world wants you to believe. He says, believe my word. And his word is eternal. And we understand that we call things that be not as though they were. God sees the end from the beginning. And he says, that's the way I want you to see it. And as you was talking about David, the Holy Spirit dropped this one on me. Joshua and Caleb, they were to go into lead the children of Israel into the promised land after Moses had to go up on the mountain and die. And, and Caleb made a declaration we are well able to to do this now they were going god says i'm sending you to a land with people that are mighty and stronger than you are the jebusites the hittites the all those ites was over there and here was some slaves he was taking them into the promised land but see they had to believe that god was going to fight for them to give them the victory and, and joshua said you know not josh caleb he's i'm about 80 years old but, but we can go ahead and do this. And what he was saying, because I understand God instructed us and just told us to go. They seen all the miracles 
signs and wonders coming out of Egypt and in the wilderness. Joshua and Caleb, so they realized something. Everybody that came out wasn't unbelievers. <laughs> there was a group, and there's still a remnant of God's people here today, yourself and I. We still believe the exceeding great and precious promises of God. And the Bible says all God's promises, it says over in 1 Corinthians, are yes and amen. They're all good. Yeah, so that's what it means. They're all good. Paraphrase. So all we have to do is put faith in what he said. That's all. That's, it's really that simple. That's how you get saved. You put faith in what he said about you believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. God sent him to die for you and he rose him three days later. Bam. You're saved. You put faith in what the word says because in the beginning was the word. All we have to do is put faith in God's word, which equates to his promises, which equates to the truth, because God's word is truth. He said, my word is truth. We just put faith in it. I mean, we put we believe it and, and we receive it. A lot of people believe it, but they won't receive it as theirs. You got to receive it as a promise for you. I tell people when I'm studying the Bible, reading the Bible, I always put my name in there. I read it personal. Remember, it's a personal relationship. It ain't religion. So I'm talking to daddy and daddy's talking to me about what he has for me. All I have to say, like when we get married, here's how we exchange the vows. I do. <laughs> I do believe. That's it. And it's really that simple. So we, you know, the, the old flesh man, he wants to analyze and rationalize and logicalize stuff. And God says, no, just believe. Okay, it don't make sense though. Oh, just believe. A couple of weeks ago in a Bible study, you know, as, as we're doing this, broadcast today california's in a bad drought and that's what they say <laughs> and in the bible study it was interesting we were talking about this kind of stuff talking about whatever's good and whatever's pure and whatever's true and and believing that god's going to take care of everything and and do not worry and a woman says you have to worry about this drought this drought that we're in we're running out of water you have to worry about this drought and i said I don't worry about this drought. You probably said, Pastor Vince ain't worried about it because I ain't. <laughs> I said in Matthew chapter 6, it doesn't say do not worry unless there's a bad drought. drought in California. <laughs> right? That that part wasn't put in there. It's do not worry. So we have a drought. We have a pretty bad drought. I am convinced because of Scripture that God is bigger than the drought. Right. And the Scripture said, remember, he shall supply all, all of our needs, needs according to his... If he can't make it rain down from heaven, I, I think that where rain comes from. Right. If he can't make it pour down from heaven, and we got all kind of testimonies in the scriptures about him allowing rain to come down. If he can't do it, get us out of the drought, who can? And again, I believe God will use circumstances like that to, to allow us to draw near to him. So I told this woman, I said, I'm not worried about the drought. God's in control. God's going to take care of us through all this. His grace is sufficient. He will be there for us. But you know what? It's not just about a drought. Because for somebody else, it might be, do not worry until you lose your job. Do not worry until somebody in your family's sick. Do not worry until your house payment's due and you don't have the money. Do not worry until whatever it is. And then, boy, you better start worrying. The Bible doesn't say do not worry unless or until. It just says do not worry. So we're to focus not on, man, I've got this bill due. How am I going to pay it? And go to sleep at night worrying about how am I going to pay it. Wake up in the morning worrying about how I'm going to pay it. Spend all day worrying about how I'm going to pay it. The Bible says whatever's good, whatever's pure, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things things and 
I'm sure there are people listening right now who are going, that's pie in the sky. That's just, that, that's putting your head in the sand and not understanding. You got to be rational there, Pastor Hoy. You got to be pragmatic, Pastor Hoy. You got to look at the truth. You got to be realistic. And in that kind of thinking, it's the worry about it is what's realistic. It's the worry about it is what should be done. And yet that's exactly the opposite of what the Bible well, says. Well, again, we, we hopefully we're, we're speaking to believers and those who are uh, desiring to be uh, redeemed and reconciled back to the Father. The Bible gives, God gives us a, a, a command that's really simple. The just shall live by faith. That's faith in God. He's our source. He's our provision. And if God can't meet your need, I just don't think it can be met. So he tells us over and over in the scriptures, Old Testament and New Testament, the just shall live by faith. Have faith in God. And again, God and his word are one. You get God, you get his word. And he wants us to have confidence that, that he can do this. And again, no miracle was ever done by logic, by reason. <laughs> the birth of Jesus, that wasn't logical at all. See, if it was right. logical and reasonable and could be figured out by people, right. you don't need a miracle. Yeah, it, it ain't God. God takes the foolish things to confound the wise. You know, and we have to understand that as faith people, as believers, as people redeemed and reconciled back to God, this is just who we are. This is how, again, Adam operated before the fall. Remember, Adam was commanded or given the charge to name everything, all the animals. What university did he go to? And he didn't have to learn. He just discerned, meaning he operated out of revelation knowledge. God just gave him discernment to be able to do that. And again, he didn't use intellect or reason to name stuff. What the Bible said, whatever he called it, that's what the name was. And again, he didn't go to, there was no universities up there. He didn't get sick. There was no first Presbyterian hospitals in the garden. None of that. And God... You don't think he went to First Eden University? No, no, no. Well, well, he went to heaven, <laughs> Greater Heaven University. But that's and here's the deal. And this is what Jesus was saying: repent and believe the gospel. God wants to get us back to that. That's what Jesus came to redeem and restore mankind back to the first. The, the scripture refers to Jesus as the last Adam, meaning he came to fix. And we we seem to forget this in our studies in our you know Christian life. He came to, Jesus was the sample son. He was the example, the role model. He did everything that Adam did and more. He didn't worry about supplies. Remember, there was 5,000 plus women and kids that were hungry when he was given a message. And the disciples said, how are we going to feed all these? And Jesus was messing with them. He said, you feed them. And they're like, there ain't no stores. We, well, <laughs> we ain't got enough to suffice all these. And then somebody came and said, hey, there's a little boy here that has uh, two fish and a loaf. Jesus said, bring that to me. And he did it what he needed to do. Everybody was full. And then the little boy took some home. So, again, that's how God works. Back to Mary, you know, a virgin having a baby. It just keeps going on. People getting healed. The dead rising. That's the way we are now restored back to that. But it's back to if you can believe all things are possible. It's back to according to your faith, be it unto you. You, that's why we call ourselves believers. We're supposed to believe the Bible. <laughs> right. Do we believe God? 
Yeah. Um, and, you know, and it doesn't even have to be something as big as do you believe somebody can be raised from the dead. It's like, it's little things. When God says, God says to us, whatever's good, whatever's true, whatever's pure, whatever's noble, whatever's excellent or praiseworthy, think on it. Do we actually believe that? Do we believe that's what we should think? There's a lot of Christians, forget all the miracle stuff. Just something simple as whatever's good, whatever's pure, whatever's true, think on this. They can't even believe for that. Well, it's back to just, like you say, my renewal. I was just referencing someone today, a family member, you know, who's, you know, about 65 years old, been saved for like 40 years, and they still think the same. And, and this gentleman reads the Bible every day, but he doesn't believe none of the stuff he's reading. Because you know why I know? Because he don't act on it. Faith is a two-sided coin is believing and then acting on it. <laughs> you got to act on what you believe and that's what it, the bible says abraham believed god well and it was accounted to him for righteousness and abraham's considered the father of faith abraham actually did something god told him him and his wife sarah was going to have a baby well they had to actually act on what was said and do what they needed to do to conceive not only that first part he had to speak it and he started speaking his new name, which was Abraham. Because before his name was Abram. God said, no, your name is going to be Abraham, which means father of many nations. So Abram had to start calling himself Abraham. He started speaking it first. And when God told him to go, he had to believe God and go. He had to do that. And that's what I say. Faith is a two-sided coin. It's believing, receiving and then acting on it. And again, you can read the Bible all day and not act on it. Yeah, you can read whatever's good, whatever's pure, whatever's true, whatever's noble, and not do it. Not, you can still you think, think of, about the negative. Right, right. And we got a lot of Christians that are doing that. Now that leads us back to James chapter 1, was he, where he says, don't be just a hearer or reader of the word only, but a doer. He said, because if you're a hearer or a reader only, you're like a man who sees himself in the mirror, and as soon as he walks away, he forgets what he looks like. I had a person say to me, I'm not negative, I'm just realistic. Well, no, you got to be faithalistic because we digest your live by faith. And we know circumstance. Look at the lepers. They were, 10 of them came to Jesus and said, heal us. And he said, okay, according to you guys' faith, be healed. Go show yourself to the priest. They didn't, get, well, they were healed when he said it, but they didn't look. They still look leopardous. But the scripture says, as they went. <coughs> so, again, just because the circumstances don't look favorable don't mean it's not your your request has not been answered. And, again, we just got to remember to just shall live by faith. And speaking of that, we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. And we want to remind you as you continue to go through this week, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 
95927. Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.